The following episode may contain material that some listeners may find triggering or disturbing and may not be suitable for younger audiences, including depictions of sexual assault, violence, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. The key thing that she really taught me was radical acceptance. This is what happened. These are the facts that you have. Is there anything that you feel like you can change right now for it not to affect you? No, radical acceptance. It is what it is. For me today, radical acceptance is just, if I physically cannot change it, I have to let it go. If I mentally cannot change it or, you know, stick through it, then I have to let it go. What can I physically and mentally handle right now? I can only do that. If I can only do that, that is it. I did enough. These are stories featuring everyday women who have overcome some extraordinary obstacles. From Ash Media Network, this is the good news. Hi there. Welcome back to the Good News Podcast. Today's story is from Diamondique but she goes by Dee Dee. Dee Dee's personality is warm and bubbly and she's super friendly. I got the vibe that Dee Dee is the type of person that when you meet her, you find yourself saying, you know what? I can hang with her. She's cool. I know because that's what I found myself saying after our interview. Dee Dee's story is something that we can all relate to. Why? Because... All of us have been in her shoes at one point or another. I'll let you decide. Here's Dee Dee. My name is Diamonique, but I go by Dee Dee, and I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I I wouldn't say I had like a lot of friends. I was the girl that could be friends with anybody. I was like friends with like the nerds, the popular girls, minorities, a lot of minorities. I had a lot of minority friends and I moved around, um, I think I moved three times in like my whole like school year from like middle school, elementary school, middle school, and then high school, I moved uh, twice. I actually had a panic attack when we were moving when I was in ninth grade because I had um, a group of girlfriends who like I had, there was one black girl, she, her and I are both African. So we clicked right away in fourth grade and we were friends, you know, from up until high school. And then I had a mixed girl who was my friend and then two white girls. And we were like, we were like the posse and we were really, really cool. So when we got to high school and my parents were like, oh, we're about to move. We're going, you know, further south. I was like, so how am I going to make friends? They're like, you're friendly. You'll be fine. I'm like, no, but these are my friends. I don't want to lose this. Like, this was it for me. And they're like, oh, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So when we moved, it was really hard for me to um, get connected with the Black people that were at my school. I was kind of quiet because I was new. I didn't really know what I was getting into. And the school was predominantly white. So nobody really approached me. You know, they smiled. They're like, oh, that's a new girl. That's a new girl. And then so it was me and my older sister in high school. We literally just listened to our music, walk in, go to our classes, walk home and like that was it for the first four months because we moved in like March so it wasn't until like the end of the year that I started to open up a little bit and got close with 
two of the black girls at my high school who just so happen to be sisters as well. I would say friendships are very important to me. I Maybe 75% of who I am is because of the people that I am friends with. I pour a lot into my friendships and I expect the same back from, you know, those people. So, and my mom used to joke all the time that I care way too much about my friends. She's like, you're always thinking about your friends. You're always so concerned with friends. Friends aren't going to carry you in this life. And I'm like, yes, they are. They love me. My mom was one of those moms that was like, your friends aren't your everything. Like you need to have a mind and do things for yourself. You can't just do things because of the sake of having friends or, you know, protecting your friends. My mom is a very God-fearing, like deep God-fearing woman. She's like intercessor prayer. So she sees and hears things before I even do. Um, So I feel like in a way she was really protecting me and looking out for me during all these friendships. And I didn't realize that I'm, you know, a middle schooler, teenager, like really trying to like keep my friends close. And she's just like, no, that person's not your friend. I think I just overly care too much. I want my friends to always know that, like, no matter what, I'm here for you. Like, I will do, you need me to tie your shoe for you. I will tie your shoe for you. And you don't have to do it, like, because that's me. I just, I like to carry on the burden of my friends sometimes. And I, I know it's bad, but then in a way, like, I feel like that's how I show my love. That's like my act of service. I met this girl through, we actually were going to the same college at the time, but I met her at my church um, a while back. And she was, she was always really cool. I thought she was like really dope. My husband and I at the time, he was my boyfriend. We were getting, we were engaged to get married. um, And we ended up getting pregnant with our first, which is my daughter. And I was heavily involved with the church. I was a part of the uh, worship team. I was uh, one of the worship leaders. I was in the youth group. And my husband and I, we both kind of had like a moment where it was like, man, we really messed up. So we went to our pastors at the time. They're like, well, you need to tell the worship team and let people know so, you know, people don't start, you know, questioning you. I was like, okay, cool. And at that time, she was a part of the worship team. And because I was the leader, I had to set up meetings with everybody and let them know like, hey, so we weren't as holy as y'all thought. Um, we we actually pregnant right now. In their eyes, they were like, well, you know better. You should do better. So, but I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm still human. I still have desires. I still, you know, like it just, things happen. Yes, we could have prevented it, but that why are we focused on the thing that happened rather than how to move forward and now how how to actually treat the people that actually have gone through this before and don't have to say anything. They already feel, you know, ashamed and convicted and all that stuff. So adding more stress onto them when they're already in this is not godly. I was already really anxious being pregnant and like having all eyes on me because, you know, we're not married or whatever. So I was like really in a dark really, really low place during that pregnancy and even having to talk to people about it. As I was talking to her, I felt a sense of like safeness at the time. Just like me talking to her and sharing it with her, she really like took me underneath her wing and was like, don't worry, everything will be okay. 
I'm here for you if you need somebody to talk to or, you know, to be a friend or whatever you need. Me and my husband are here. And I felt safe. So I was like, oh, it's good to like finally like talk to somebody and like breathe through this and not feel judged or ashamed or, you know, abandoned. So that's kind of really what started our friendship. And from then, it was really good. Um, I'd say, honestly, the first year um, after having my daughter, she and she had a son as well. It was helpful. It was a really helpful friendship during that, the beginning stages. There was a lot of red flags, I would say, after the first year of us being friends, after my daughter was born. I initially wanted to start my coaching business because I'm a fitness coach. She was one of the first people that I, I shared with that I wanted to, you know, go into personal training and, you know, help people. And I'm not the greatest at marketing. There was a time where I was, you know, asking her for help. I was like, well, you know, and she was kind of big into marketing at the time. She was trying to help me and I wasn't understanding it. She was just like, well, you're not, you're not good at marketing and that's my strong suit. So I feel like you should listen to me. So, and I was like, okay, okay. So I felt a certain type of way about it. And instead of like, you know, sharing it with her at the time, because I was again in like a very confused, like, I just, I don't want to fight with you state. I just made the conscious decision to take her out of the equation and not help me with my business. So it was from that moment, I feel like, is when things started to get really weird and rocky with us because I didn't take her advice. I didn't take her um, statement about how to do something. So she was like, okay, well, I got this tiff with you now because you won't listen to me. There was a time where we, like, she was really negative and it just seemed like we were constantly butting heads and being really negative towards each other um and it would always result in me apologizing first and not her and it just so happened that it was during a time where she was in a very bad season um with just like her own um mental health her marriage and then just like social life everything just started to hit hard for her so as a friend, I tried to do what I could to be present for her. She had an appointment to go do something, and she had asked me if I could um, be with her kids. I had to cancel it because I had double booked myself that day. I told my brother-in-law I had to, I was going to do something for him, and the timing of which I had to drop the kids, help him, and then go to her, it just wouldn't align. So I was just like, hey, I can't do this anymore. In her mind, she felt that that is something that I always do. I always drop the ball whenever she needs me the most, which wasn't entirely true. It just so happens that things happen. Situations change, things come up. So um, I was just trying to roll with the punches and I wasn't expecting her response to be what it was. And um, she, she let me have it. She let me have it. She was like, you always do this anytime I need you. When I'm at my lowest, you're not there. And I just feel like you're not being as supportive and you're not, you know, you're not really there for me. So I feel like we need to take a break from this friendship. We had like some issues that were coming up within my marriage and I was having a hard time trusting her around 
my husband because it was just something inside of me was just like, hey, this is not going the way that you thought it was going or like wherever her mind is at, it's not where it should be and you need to be alert. We stopped talking for, I want to say it was two months maybe. Um, But during that time, she was still kind of like checking in with my husband, but not checking in with me. I'm like, oh, how are you guys? How's this going? How's that going? And I don't know, there was just a lot of high tensions during that time. And I did not feel 100% um, safe within her friendship anymore. In my mind, I was just like, I really don't want this friendship to end because I felt like I needed her and I felt like we still had so much time together. We still had so much to do together. Um, And I felt like that was kind of unfortunate because I was like, dang, I really should say this, but I didn't. I didn't say it. So then now I'm like holding it in. I was angry at myself for getting to a vulnerable state with somebody and like sharing so much. We shared everything together like we shared you know if our we're having a hard time with our husbands we're both confining in each other if we're having a hard time with the kids we're both confining in each other if we're having a hard time with you know our in-laws because during this time we both were having issues with our in-laws we confined in each other and I feel like a lot of the stuff that I confided in her about she used against me and basically made it seem like this is me this is how I am And so that's what made me feel worse. It was like, man, I cannot open up to somebody like that again and share these like, you know, very tender, vulnerable moments with them because is it going to get used against me? Are they going to use it against me in a fight or to prove a point? And like, and that was something that we, that was happening a lot in our friendship towards, towards the ending of it. It was just like, using, you know, the other person's weakness against them to prove a point. As I was sharing with my therapist the struggles that I was going through with the friendship and like how things happened, because this was the base of our therapy session was like getting through that friendship breakup. Um, I was like, is it healthy for me to feel this way about, you know, somebody else who is not my spouse? Like I, we shared a lot and she talked a lot about, you know, friendship breakups that people don't talk about. And when it comes to those, you have to take facts for facts and not feelings. The key thing that she really taught me was radical acceptance. This is what happened. These are the facts that you have. Is there anything that you feel like you can change right now for it not to affect you? No. Radical acceptance. It is what it is. She was like, you have to be okay with it. Let's stop here for a sec. Didi mentioned that when you break up with a significant other, obviously it's hard and it can be rough. But breaking up with a friend, a best friend your person out there in the world that you can tell anything to. When that relationship ends, it can be really hard to accept. Friendship breakups hurt just as much as romantic ones. We can find ourselves mulling over the details, what we said, what we didn't say, and then we end up resenting the person that we called friend for a number of reasons. 
And sometimes we end up resenting ourselves. I asked Didi, what did radical acceptance mean to her? What would radical acceptance look like for you and I? For me today, radical acceptance is just, if I physically cannot change it, I have to let it go. If I mentally cannot change it or, you know, stick through it, then I have to let it go. What can I physically and mentally handle right now? I can only do that. If I can only do that, that is it. I did enough. The breaking point for me for like when things started to turn around was maybe six months ago when I finally started to accept the radical acceptance that I couldn't change people. I can't make them want to be my friends. I can't make them want to support me. I can't make them, you know, want to do anything. I can't make anybody do anything. And once I finally came to terms with that and started pouring more into myself, practicing self-care and more self-love and becoming more self-aware is when things started to shift for me. And that's when I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. I'm finally ready to study for my certification because I, during the time that I initially wanted to start it, I was consumed with everybody and, you know, their own lives and not even really focusing on myself. So that, that really helped me. And since that moment, um, cause this was in July that I signed up, um, since that moment, things have been slow, like gradually getting better for me. And I've been more, more in tune with myself and my needs first before anybody else. I was listening to an episode on NPR's Code Switch called The Women Behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And when I say I was tapped in from the moment I press play, when we think about the bus boycott, we think about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, but we never really learned how this bus boycott was organized. But in this episode, you hear directly from the many women who organized for months and did what it took to make this bus boycott happen. And y'all, I was locked in the entire time. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this, you have to check out NPR's podcast. And NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories of joy, stories of resilience, stories that are distinct and varied and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So, as someone that has textured and curly hair, I'm excited to share Clairol's Textures and Tones came out with a permanent color range specifically for curly and coily hair types. Say hello to the improved formula and new look while preserving curls and shine. With 12 shades of brilliant intense color, no ammonia, and stacked with argon and olive oil to deliver some much needed moisture and vibrancy to your hair. So if you're my girl that likes a little color to spice up your look from time to time, the new Clairol Textures and Tomes was designed with texture and color specialists, and it was created 
made with you in mind. Clairol's mission is simple, to make every woman feel beautiful and confident and help her live colorfully through accessible and easy to use products. Save your time and your money and give yourself a new hairdo because it's not the hair color you were born with, but the hair color you were meant to be. Clairol, it is so me. I am a certified personal trainer now. Oh, add my title in there. <laughs> um, I have always been a a girl's type of girl. Like I love cheering on all the girls, like on doing and doing anything. Just a natural hype woman, and I just love giving that to other people. Um, and I found fitness when I was a couple months postpartum with our second. Um, and it's been, it's been my foundation for the longest and like, that's, I love it. I love everything about fitness and like how it challenges you. It pushes you. It makes you change. It forces you to think, move, breathe, all of that. I love it. Um, so I was like, I wonder if I could become a coach to help people, you know, get confidence, like how I gained my confidence in following, you know, a healthy lifestyle or like workout regimens and stuff like that. I add in a lot of like, you know, humor, like dance. I'm always dancing whenever I work out because it's like, it helps the heart rate stay up. But then also it's like, you know, I got all this energy. I need to get, I love this workout. So I was like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to start a fitness business. Like I'm going to become a fitness coach. I commend uh, Issa Rae Insecure because I just, I feel like I relate to Issa's character so much because she, you know, was working a low-end job. She didn't like it. She wanted to do something, but she didn't know what she wanted to do. Then she had this spark and then things just weren't clicking right. She kept running into issues. That's me. It is all me. So I was just like, you know, if I could just find that thing that clicks, that makes me want to, you know, put myself out there to help women like me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just stick, I'm going to stay running with it. And that's what I found with fitness um, and starting my, my fitness business. I used to associate like um, self-care and like self-gratitude with like going to get a massage and like having this elaborate, like, you know, vacation. But that's really not, it's actually self-talk, like how you talk to yourself and how you talk about yourself. And in that, those friendships that I was in um, that ended badly, I didn't have good self-talk. So now I'm like, okay, I can take it a one of two, two ways. I can take it as you truly don't like me as a person or you're going through something and you don't know how to handle it yet. So I'm a step back. Honestly, I've been saying a lot lately. If it makes sense to you and it brings you joy, just do it. Don't don't worry about, you know, how the other person's going to feel um, about what you're doing. But if at the end of the day, if it makes sense to you, it brings you peace, you have confirmation and you feel OK with it, proceed. And then, you know, every, let every, whoever follows suit or if they got to fall off, let them fall off. But at the end of the day, put you first. I asked Didi that question. I always have to ask for someone who may be going through something similar within their friendships right now. What's the best piece of advice you could give them? 
and for someone who isn't but can still learn something from your situation what's the best piece of advice that you could give them over communicate if you have to if you know if it makes more sense for you to just share it all share it all or if you need to be aware of like the people that you confide in and who you're sharing um information with whether it's personal or you know if you're struggling with something just be very aware of who you are sharing that information with and make sure that you feel that they are they're safe cuz that's where trust can get broken okay this is why i said we can all relate we've all had a friend that we opened up to someone who we thought we could trust someone we loved that well let us down I have learned that we set our expectations high when it comes to our friendships. We want the type of friends you see online, the ones you see in the movies, getting dinner together, hanging out, friends that will always have your back. And that may be the case for some of us, but that's not the case for all of us. I have learned we experience life in seasons and every season is different. And because every season is different, the people we confide in, the people we hang out with, and the people we need support from may look different in every season. I think what really changed was my mindset around friendships and how it should be. You know, I feel like I've always struggled with like finding that person that will, you know, grow with me through everything from like elementary school to adulthood and, you know, friendships aren't always like that. You meet friends in different stages, so that I'm starting to be okay with like not having that fairy tale friendship like, oh, we literally grew up together and she helped me through my roughest times and now we're here. So that changed for sure and I honestly want to say I am proud of me for not conforming to the ways that I was going during my, I guess, isolation phase, I would say. God literally took me out of that friendship because I would I would have just gone back after our first converse, our conversation. Um, I would have just apologized, came back, and would still be going through this vicious cycle. But I realized that since God himself had to physically remove me from that friendship, things have been going up for me. And I was like, so was this holding me back the whole time with business, with other things? Like, was this really holding me back? I am easily influenced by friends and their opinion matters to me a lot. So when I didn't have that influence, when I didn't have that, um, those, you know, the naysayers in my ear telling me to do opposite, I really got to sit down with myself and God and like, okay, so what is it that who am I? Like, what am I going to stand for? Because I don't want to be the person that always has to, you know, run to her friends for everything. I want to be able to make clear-cut decisions by myself. How I was then and how I am now is completely different. And I really owe it all to God. And that's because I'm just like, God really did that. Because I was not going to do it for myself. I would have just continued to be the human punching bag for, you know, this friend. I would have never grown. I would have never found myself. I would have never found 
my voice to be able to share this. So I feel like I've actually found, you know, my voice in this. If you or someone you know is currently involved in a toxic friendship, click the links in the description of today's episode to learn more about your local services that may be available to you. Healthy relationships, romantic and platonic, bring out the best of you, not the worst. A healthy friendship has mutual affection, but most of all, respect. The Good News Podcast is a collection of personal stories told week by week with brand new episodes every Monday. Brought to you by Ash Media Network. And remember, with every bad day, there will always be a good day to follow. With every obstacle comes a victory. There is always something good to look forward to. Good news is always on its way.